pressure took my fears Now my frontline rhymes moving up from the rear My dream slash career appear ever so clear Now I'm able to touch, smell, see, speak and hear My best year, my time is finally here The past, they brought the present cause the future is near Anticipation, magnify my motivation Direct my energy to touch nations Been entertaining, these niggas was really banging Dancing at the old folks parties, pancaking I've been waiting for my time to shine From Catholic school, John Mid Junior High From Manuel's High to rocking at the good lot uh, We paid the price to keep it riding Rip shit on the mic, yo Cause if you only knew what we've been through uh, The struggle and the pain to maintain and continue Expectations on our committee Unified relation We rebel our rhythm through tribulation And travel and base the situation With dedication, yo Hey, Welcome to episode number 126 of Betty It Podcast. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. It's a long-form interview podcast featuring musicians talking about influence, talking about writing, and talking about being around. Jurassic 5. Those first three LPs. Oh, is it just me? Or are they not given their due? It just ain't right. I tell you what, history overlooks some of the best. Hannah Rainey and Tom Krenning of Shady Bug are on the show this week. Shady Bug, new record, Lemon Lime, is out now on Exploding Sound Records. How we doing? Did you miss me? I missed you. Goodness. A welcome week to spend away. Last week, I am no less busy, mind you. I think I'm busier now than I was then. I have not had a day off since then, but it's nice outside. I've also, let's see, let's see if I follow through. I can tell you right now that I think I will follow through with this, but I've begun a watch through of the entire Adam Sandler filmography, starring roles only, and that's Billy Madison to present. I watched those first two. Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, they made me so happy. Just the entire time. And I got a download of Bulletproof going right now. Yeah, 1996, Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans. It's got an 8% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It feels less canonical than, say, The Wedding Singer, but we're going to do it. We're going to see where this leads. Fun will be had. Fun will start to cease and maybe lead to fury, but I tell you what's 100% fun is Patreon. <laughs> Patreon, of course, is the way you can help support the show by pledging a monthly amount for some bonus audio content, some swag, even some coffee. Head over to patreon.com slash Podcast. This past week, I dropped an introduction to Lucinda Williams' playlist, along with the reading of the talk I gave. It's Shannon Treebach's Liner notes a couple weeks ago, my story on Lifetime's Jersey's Best Dancers and Hello Bastards. It will make you tear up. Sign up for that and more at patreon.com slash Podcast. All right. Hannah Rainey and Tom Krenning of Shady Bug are on the show this week. Shady Bug is an outstanding band from St. Louis that was formed very swiftly 
in late 2016. Hannah had been playing in Dubnub, a folk project with her twin sister Delia, but was working on some new songs. She'd end up showing them to her friend Aaron on the drums. Enter Tom, and a few weeks later, a first show. A couple months later, a record, and a good one at that, a record called TBH IDK, which captured the absolute magic of this guitar collaboration between Hannah and Tom. Tom, contrary to Hannah, had just picked up guitar, and they employed an approach to the instrument motivated less by what was right and more by what sounded right and shit. This sounds right. Now here we are. LP number two recorded here in Chicago with our friend Seth Engel. A record called Lemon Lime out now on Exploding and Sound Records. Oh my goodness, so much to talk about. So let's get to it. We'll start the song. This is Make It Up, followed by my interview with Hannah Rainey and Tom Crenning. And I need like, oh, let me let me just get a good like 20 minutes on when you all started taking like psychedelic drugs and started getting really funky. That's what I need in my life. <laughs> How'd you two meet? How do we meet? Well, uh, I think I started going to house shows at your house and I just saw you around and I saw your band Persh and I think we were introduced from mutual friends and I remember you were wearing a pale hound shirt and I had a pale hound button there and is. I was like oh my god we match <laughs> and then I friended you on Facebook twinsies <laughs> and this was and, and, and Persh how long have you been playing in Persh because I listened to that on Bandcamp and oh. I was like this is some good dark shit <laughs> Very so like cool. shoegazy and sludgy. Yeah. Is it just the one EP that's on there? Yeah, just the one EP. That's the only thing we recorded, and we're not really active anymore. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, that was like the first band that I was ever in. Um, really? Like, Shady Bug's only the second band that I've ever been into. So. Um, All right. Well, how, well, then how does this start? Cause you you're living at a show house then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I guess I like played like you know piano and stuff when i was younger uh-huh. and uh, uh i kind of just started uh hanging out with some friends um my roommates in college uh we just started like playing music together uh-huh. and then i just was like playing keyboard with them and i was like this vibe is not right so i'm right. going to uh, what kind of what kind of thing were you playing oh i was playing like a big like 88 key i don't know like i was okay. just trying to yeah, like yeah. uh 
get a feel for like how to uh, play music in that environment because I was more used to like more formal classical environments and uh, um, so just switching to guitar was like really nice because it just like broke up any of like the training that I had I just had no uh-huh. ability to like I was just kind of like going bass purely off the sound rather than any of the conceptions I had about what I should be playing so um yeah that's a, that's kind of how that started we just started right. jamming and then uh eventually the jam sounded cool enough they were like well we could just pull, play the show right there because the, the, right. the jam was just solid and so then uh that's how the band started it and, works out yeah yeah perfect so this is and what's the name of the house that you're at then oh um, it's called the nest okay and how long has it been going Oh, that's since like 2016, the end of 2016, I think. Okay. So is it like kind of a, like you're playing in Margaritaville tonight. Margaritaville has had like a couple of different iterations, but that house itself has been doing shows for 10 years now at this point. Yeah. Is St. Louis kind of, is it tight like that? Or, you know, things kind of shuffle in two, three years at a time things kind of change like what's the what's the vibe in general i think there's definitely phases like i'm from st louis we're, we're both from st louis uh-huh but um i was i started playing music in the scene really young yeah like me and my sister my twin sister had a folk project and we started playing shows when we were in high school and the scene's completely different now i think yeah um but there's always been house shows and but the house show venues always change i don't think there's like just like this house has always been there. We don't have that in St. Louis, which is yeah. kind of sad. Well, I think like the ideal situation is you get a house that kind of gets passed down from the people who started doing it in their mid-20s, and then they mm-hmm. turn 29, and they're like, oh, I got to get out of here. Yeah, it's like the punk house. Right. Mm-hmm. I think Bo- I don't know how long Bonerville's. Been oh around. yeah, Bonerville's is the one. What a fantastic name! I know yeah. for a house. Yes. Yeah. So you both grew up in in St. Louis proper, or are you kind of outside of it? The county. Uh huh. <laughs> you know about that? Yep. No, like uh, w- more than just the sit. The St. Louis city and the county are separate uh-huh. cities. Oh okay. Um, St. Louis, and that's why St. Louis is known for being really dangerous because the city is like has crime like cities do yeah but because it's so can it, it's uh based off of this small area it seems like there's such there's so much crime in st louis uh-huh i didn't say that right yeah no no that makes sense <laughs> right because yeah. there is a lot of crime but there isn't like any crime in the county mm-hmm. so so the county then is it is it just like outside and it's, it's the is suburbs it, right is it separated in, in in the way that you know okay the best thing for us to do here is to just kind of cut our losses and like we'll separate a little bit. Y'all can take care of that yourself. Because I was in St. Louis a few divided. years ago. Yeah. yeah, I was in St. Louis a few years ago, and I feel like we made a wrong turn when we were like near downtown, and then it was like, oh, oh yeah, okay, sure. All, all the buildings, the windows are smashed, and yeah. people are living in poverty. Mm-hmm. It's like horrible. Yeah, it's it's real tough. Vice documentary or something like that that uh, had the line that you know the city was built for like over a million people and uh-huh. now three hundred thousand people live there. So wow. it's extremely like block by block. Yeah. And uh, but I think it is interesting um, how the development happens there because it's like very much about like a strip. Uh-huh. Um, it's like you know a lot of other places it's like oh you know a, a little grid is a, the cool area and right. you can kind of like walk between places but it's not like they're all right next to each other mm-hmm. but in St. Louis it's like there's a strip 
everything's right next to each other. As soon as you go off of that, it's like, okay. There's nothing. Right, because there's that, that strip with, like, all the restaurants and bars are mm-hmm. there, and it's got, like, the like the brick uh, walkway and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's a very safe, like, you You're know. talking about the loop? Is that what it is? Yeah, there's the, the loop, uh-huh. and then there's Central West End, and... They just, like, keep, they keep these spots that are safe for, you know... Yeah, quite safe, uh-huh. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so H- Hannah, you mentioned... Uh, you're you were doing a folk thing with your sister, mm-hmm. your twin sister. Mm-hmm. You know what's wild? What? Two of the last three guests now that I've had, I'm including you two as as one guest. Okay. Twins. Who? Uh, my my friend Shannon, who does PR over at the Metro. She's got a twin, got a fraternal twin. Okay. Are you? And identical. I looked at Dubnote. Yeah, you look pretty identical. So. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Who came out first? Delia, not me. Yeah, yeah. So you were. But like, it was it was C-section, so it's not fair. Oh yeah, for sure. I feel like if they're doing C-section with twins, they should just have like two doctors going in there and it's like Go one, up. two, three. Because <laughs> that's how you pull babies out by their back skin. <laughs> <laughs> so so when did you start doing Dubnub? Uh, literally when we were 15. That's so great. We started Dubnub and we, our first show, we played like a Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's cover and a Kings mm-hmm. of Leon cover. Hell yeah. We played like two songs. So you played it, Somebody, right? The same, like, <laughs> no! Kings of Leon. Okay. The old Kings of Leon, like 2006 Kings of Leon. Oh, when they were up and coming. When they were, yeah. when they were right. like country. Uh-huh. But anyways. Cause you, uh, so I listen to Dubnub and it's like, it's like on a weird kind of folky, alt folky bent sort of things yeah that's like we learned the songs from juno and then we were like let's uh-huh. start a band kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> that's great was, was there music in the house when you were growing up oh yeah. yeah my dad plays guitar and he taught me how to play uh-huh and then they have they have a record collection like this but it's all like 60s folk and yeah. like rolling stones and fuck yeah 70s who, stuff. so who are they they i'm guessing what dylan's big Oh my God! My parents yeah. travel to see Bob Dylan twice a year. Really? Yeah, they're like huge fans. And I've they... seen them recently. I don't know why they're still doing that. It's not Bob's. <laughs> he's still writing songs. I mean, I'm very biased. Really? So if you talk, if you talk smack, I'm I'm hey, about. You look, look at oh! that. Those are original <laughs> mono recordings. Because you beautiful. you haven't heard the the records where it's just him and an acoustic guitar unless you've heard them in mono. Right, I you got, got <laughs> I gotta listen to that someday. That's cool. No, it's great. Um, the when did he? Because he, I have the experience of growing up in a in a house where you have a lot of things that are pushed on you. He was one of them where it was like, dude, mom, dad, I get it. Most of the things you like are cool. I don't. I'm not down with this guy. He sounds like a weirdo. That happened to me too. <laughs> yeah. I I would wake up in the morning. My dad is blasting Bob Dylan. I'm like, oh, I uh-huh. can't stand this voice. Yeah. And I'm in fourth grade. I'm like, God, I hate He's this so lamest much. He's the in fourth grade. When did it click for you? Do you remember the? Do you remember a moment when it was like, oh fuck, this guy? Um, probably not until college, where yeah. I was like, oh, this is actually really good. Right. Right. And this actually really influenced me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember what you dove into first? I'll tell you my moment. Yeah. I was on family vacation, and Lily Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts was on. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. I just keyed into that like a minute and a half in. And then like 55 minutes later, the song's over. I'm like, that was amazing. 
And my dad's just like, yeah, he does this all the time. And then I went from there. Do you remember, like, do you remember the Dylan that, like, you kind of clung to? Because there's so many different phases. I know. Um, I kind of like the rock, the rock revival Dylan. Yeah. Like in the in the seventies when he's doing the the revival tour. Yeah, with like yeah. with like no no no, no. Oh, like okay. when he when he like gets the full band and he, there's like organ and the when everyone's booing him and right. shit. Oh I love fuck that. yeah yeah. That's, Judas. That's the coolest. That's the best. Yeah, because he's so like he's so pissed. He's taking so many. He's uppers. such an a hole. He is. He is. And when you're 19, that's everything that you want is yeah. an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves that video of him when everyone's singing We Are the World in the 80s, and he's just like, mm. <laughs> he, hate, he hates it. I'm only here because someone told me to be here, Yeah, clearly. So so you were doing Dub Nub then all through college. When did you actually start playing guitar? Oh, my dad, one time I just went to my basement, and mm. my dad was playing guitar, and I said, can you teach me? Yeah, and I think I was like eight or nine. Uh huh. So since then, yeah. But I did classical guitar when I was ten. And damn, because I was pretty intensive stuff, right? Yeah, you were playing nylon strings and finger picking and all of that. Yeah, I learned wow. how to read music, and uh -huh. I didn't play it with a pick really until Shady Bug. Yeah, I was just finger style. Uh huh. And when you're doing dub nub, you and your sister, I'm sure, are just kind of on a level of like wanting to do. Like, who were you, I guess, listening to or, like, really impacted by, you know, beyond, like, the yeah, yeah, yeahs and, like, Kings of Leon? <laughs> when you get to the phase where it's, like, you have kind of a good identity formed of what you want to do with the project, like, you know, when when does that come about and who's guiding that? Um, When we got to college, we added our other sister into the band. Uh-huh. And we added percussion. Yeah. So it became more lively um and we started touring mm. over all of our breaks so just like being in the diy scene and touring was yeah. really influential for us but then um i don't know if you listened to the last tape or mm -hmm. the last album of dub nub is just me and delia is and that the one you you two are on the cover yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that's when we moved back to st louis after uh -huh. college and I think that's probably, those are our best songs. Yeah, those are definitely mm -hmm. your best songs. And it's just like an intense time of life when everything is changing. And right. Just a lot of heartbreak during that time. Yeah, and I could feel that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we were also really influenced by like Angel Olsen. Mm -hmm. and just like these female songwriters that were killing it at the time. Yeah, for sure. What did you, what did you go to college for? I went to college for music. I oh, got a okay. degree in, well, classical guitar performance. Oh, holy shit. Yeah. So I guess what's the track then? Like, what's the ideal with doing something like that? Do you take that on the road with you and, like, try no. to, right? Or is it just like, I got to go to college. I'm I didn't doing know. this shit anyway. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was, like, immature. Right. Yeah, 19 year old i uh -huh. was like i'm gonna do what i want to do i didn't want to go to college uh-huh uh so i mean mu getting a music degree kind of sucks because there's only two options it's like teaching or performing yeah so i, I teach oh do you yeah you still do so you're still doing like the finger picking 
yeah, type well, of it? Or I have you, two you just... different teaching jobs, and one uh-huh. of them is classical guitar ensemble mm-hmm. for elementary school kids. So they have footstools, and I'm always adjusting their posture and yeah. teaching them with, to use their fingers. And then my other job is rock guitar teacher. Hell yeah. <laughs> which I'm not the most qualified because I'm not even trained. I never was trained in it. But, uh, <laughs> but you figured it out. You yeah. put it together. Um, so, Tom, then, you you mentioned that you were playing classical piano right or you you were playing like growing up yeah i played uh piano in second grade starting in second grade Uh and then uh uh just kind of like took lessons like i didn't take it like super seriously but i did really enjoy it yeah um were your folks into music um yeah kind of i don't Uh know like they are uh we, no, <laughs> yeah, uh, not really. Um, they are, uh, they, they like, are like kind of opposites. Yeah, for they sure. Like, like music, but it wasn't like a big part of our lives growing up. They, it wasn't like something that they like passed down to me by any means. It was yeah. something that I kind of discovered on my own. Uh-huh. Um, and you have siblings? I, yeah, I have two younger brothers. Yeah, for sure. So I, I don't want to like press too much, and maybe it's just that your parents like didn't listen to music, but the like kind of contention that I read off of that, like, thinks cool. You, you go with everybody or. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh-huh. Um, it's, uh, 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 I come from just a more conservative family yeah, and, sure. uh, is like, uh, what my life is right now. So mm-hmm. there, there's definitely a little bit of tension that comes with that. And I, everybody's yeah. definitely aware of that. Right. But, uh, you know, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we're all, we're all living in this fucking nightmare. It's like, <laughs> Like, I, I, I feel like you know everything that's happened in St. Louis in the past like four, five, six years. Like being, I guess, in the situation where you're hit with any type of like viewpoint that might even come close to not being on the right side of things yeah. it's so hard not to just like want to fucking crawl out of your skin yeah yeah so sorry totally yeah we're fu- we're, we're all we're all <laughs> pulling through so. Yeah, totally. so so music i guess then then for you is kind of just like you're you're playing piano but you're still you're, you're pursuing it like through high school and stuff like that yeah i played piano in high school i was uh also played clarinet in uh grade school and i was in the wind symphony mm-hmm. in high school so that's kind of like you know i came at it from this like uh, nerdy perspective kind of yeah um which i re- did like really enjoy i've genuinely really loved playing clarinet i still do but i don't play it very much anymore um i was in band too yeah i played trumpet hey i played oh, trumpet I too i don't know if i knew that i played trumpet for uh three quarters of third grade nice <laughs> my mom wanted me to play clarinet but i was like no mom i I'm gonna play the trumpet. My older friend plays the trumpet. That's that's what that's what I gotta do. It's like I don't want to buy you a trumpet. You're not gonna play it. I'm like, yes, I will. I'm telling you, my friend does it. What more do you need? But then so. you didn't play it. Yeah, and then she I, bought you one. We rented one. Oh, I see. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that was that was the compromise that I allowed them to make. <laughs> so so I, I guess um when does like you know when does like the the rock bug bite for you when you start getting into you know <laughs> uh i and think, didn't even think about <laughs> i guess i started um in like early high school 
uh, I was pretty, uh, well, I was pretty repressed and I started listening to hair metal uh-huh. and I think I was really interested in, uh, the type of like makeup and like personalities yes. and like also wanted to like listen to like harder music, but was also kind of like still figuring many things out about right. my life. Where do so, I find it? Yeah. But, but for you, <laughs> poison, Def Leppard was dangerous. <laughs> I guess so. So who's your favorite? Because I, so. I, I can go in on this. Time, I can sure. go in on this. Who's your favorite, one, hair metal band, and two, if you've got one, favorite hair metal look? Oh, okay. Um, Maybe, okay, so I, I used to really like Rat a lot. Yeah. I don't know if you're uh-huh. familiar, okay. Rat, two yeah. T's. I've seen that behind the yeah. music. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and I I did like uh, the the. I guess, I guess poison would be would be cool. I don't C. know if C. I had Deville. like a, a. That's the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was my answer. Yeah. CC Deville, that big hair, yes. and he had his pink guitar, and he. That's a great behind the music too, because he finally stops doing cocaine, and then he's overweight. And I remember him <laughs> saying, "I felt worse being overweight than I did like waking up in pools of vomit from doing too much cocaine." And I'm like. Your priorities are still not there, <laughs> Mr. C.C. DeVille. <laughs> Definitely your real name. <laughs> so where'd you, where'd you go to school? Um, I went to a school called Lutheran South in St. Louis. Oh, okay. I was in like South City, yeah. South County. Oh, okay. What did, what did you go to school for? Um, oh, that was my high school. Oh, but okay. For, uh, I was going to say, that's a weird yeah, college yeah, to go no, to. Yeah, no, uh-huh. it's not. Uh-huh. Uh, I went to SLU. Oh. St. Louis University yeah. in, in St. Louis. Um, that's when I moved like, downtown from like the county. Yeah, when you, that was a great period of my You find life, some, so. some things that weren't rat and, and poison <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and molly Well, crew. by the end of high school, I was over that, uh-huh. over that phase for uh-huh. sure. Um, you know, into uh, Sonic Youth then. So I became very cool. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> that is cool. I didn't mean to laugh. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, that's the slew was tight. It seems like uh, it seems like you kind of found something that was like you know you're doing the best that you can coming from where you come from and trying to put it together of like I need something that's got uh, a little bit of an edge to it to kind of hit into the like anger that I feel that, something like, like that yeah. yeah it's just like uh, I think I wasn't exposed to a lot of things and it was like uh, you know you only can glom on to things that you like see and like you know my parents were uh not showing me a whole bunch of cool shit but you know they they did know about hair metal and so i Uh was like able to be exposed to that and then like kind of got into other things from there um yeah i don't know i I don't want to focus on that phase of my life too much all right uh, (laughs) all right we're out of there we made it out we made it out so so i guess Getting into or like approaching the the Shady Bug era, we've got. I read that a lot of these songs were solo songs for you, Hannah. Was was uh, Dub Nub was still going though? Were you like looking to do something independent of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dub Nub was still going, and I was writing songs on the side that were just for me. Uh huh. And even when I was still living in Colombia, I would play solo sets that was just me. Yeah. And there was like an early version of Walk Me Home that I would play by myself and yeah. an early version of The City. 
and actually on the next record there's a song called lost my head the next record that i I used to to play by myself it's a really old song yeah was it still still classical guitar though was it how different was it yeah I mean, I I still played with my hands, but uh-huh. I had this hollow body guitar that a friend traded me yeah. for a keyboard, and I was really inspired by the the electric guitar sound. Mm-hmm. And I started working at this girls' rock camp in Columbia, and just like I had never even thought to write songs with like power chords and like riffs. Yeah, and being at the rock camp was so inspiring. I and I wrote a lot of songs after that. Uh huh. Um, what was it do you think because i guess like my mind jumps to you are you've been so immersed in like a technical aspect of of this for so long that when you're around people who are now at like rudimentary levels you can say like oh this doesn't have to be as complicated or maybe i don't have to approach it you know like oh wow Three chords are pretty magical, huh? Yeah, it took it took me a while to like be comfortable with my songs because I thought that they were too simple or I need to make them more complicated. But mm-hmm. you really don't need to like yeah. if the song is good, it stands alone. Like you don't need to make a crazy like I don't know, make it seem complicated. So yeah, people think that. Well, I mean, Dubnub was still like Dubnub was very simple. Uh huh. What what about that then was comfortable, do you think? Is it like, well, if it's just me, like, I got to hold people's attention? Yeah, and then also when uh, I was writing these songs, I was practicing for, like, my recitals and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm practicing, like, box suite and, like, these Spanish pieces that are really complicated. And I actually actually played some of them at my concerts to practice for my recital. Uh Uh-huh. So like having that juxtaposed with blew the roof off the place, right? <laughs> yeah. I, no, I don't know. But I, having that juxtaposed, I want I wanted my songs to be like really interesting. Uh huh. Do you was there like, I guess you've been doing dub note for so long. Yeah. Is it just like, yo? It's very feel natural. It. I get it, but I gotta do something like that's independent of it. Yeah, and a lot of the Dubnub songs, no offense to Delia, but they're like mostly her songs. Like maybe on each album, mm-hmm. there's like nine songs, and two of them I wrote. Oh, okay. And I was mostly playing rhythm guitar and singing harmonies against her. Yeah. And she's an amazing songwriter, so like, yeah, I'm yeah. not complaining. Uh huh. But uh, I really wanted to make something that was just me. You got to step and out from that shadow. I never. I yeah. I want. I wanted to sing by myself. You were myself. firstborn. I don't give a fuck no more. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. <laughs> I wanted the spotlight. Yeah, I mean, we've all we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess like, bring me in then like the songs that start to form what is eventually TBH, IDK. Um, well, a whole re- bunch of stuff happened yeah. after that. Well, I I was in another band before Shady Bug, uh-huh. which uh, we named it The War on Women, uh-huh. but then that was already a band. That's already a band. But yeah. me and my friend, we got into a falling out, and we had to break up our band. Mm-hmm. And that I actually played on my hollow body, too. Yeah. So it was like a, a rock band. It was, um, I was really sad. Um, 
and I but I was like I need to I need to just keep writing songs on right. electric guitar and I found my roommate's chorus pedal there it and is and I stole it, it and I started writing these like funny riffs uh-huh like the sweet and sour riff and mm-hmm. the riff on um whatever that song is called I love that one uh and uh I told my friend Aaron about it I'm like I wrote these riffs today uh-huh. he was like oh do you need a drummer yeah and I was like uh okay uh-huh yeah so then like the next day we jammed like literally the next day really talking uh-huh and then maybe a few days later he helped me buy my first amp off of craigslist uh-huh and then maybe a few days later we jammed with tom and todd uh-huh which is our old bass player and then three weeks later we played our first show and we had to practice we Whoa. had like maybe six or eight practices uh-huh that's that's wild then. And this, we had six songs. This all uh-huh. Jeez, okay. And then we recorded in in February. So yeah. that was the end of December and then we recorded in February. Uh-huh. TBHIDK in the right. at the nest in the basement. There it is. It was great. So, okay. A lot just happened. I know. It was really 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 fast. Uh-huh. <laughs> That chorus pedal, I mean, that's now that's your freaking, that's your calling card. I know. I feel like such a douche. Why? <laughs> well, it's interesting because, like, you ever listened, you ever listened to or go go to see somebody who just, like, really starts hitting on, on the one pedal and then it's just, like, over and over again? It's like, okay, we get it. You just found out about yeah. a phaser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's crazy that like you naturally gelled with this to such an extent that it's not only, not only is it working well with you, but it doesn't sound like contrived or, mm. or anything like that. Thank it's just you. such a natural fit. I can't, yeah, I, I can't play without it for this project. Yeah. But... I feel bad about it because it's such a douchey pedal. Like everyone's like, all these indie bros are in the chorus pedals. Well, guess what? You're not in. You're not an indie bro. So who fucking cares what the what they're doing? I know I shouldn't care. Speaking and and speaking of natural fits, you got you got Aaron out there watching Netflix, and (laughs) and then you, you come along, and you've got this. It was so. It was so great. It was so perfect. Tell me about. Tell me about the first time you you played with Tom, because I'll yeah I don't need to explain why. I think the first time we played, I was kind of confused what was going on. I didn't know what you were playing, and I I I just rolled with it. I didn't ask any questions. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, there was a, a <coughs> quite a few times where everybody would be like, "Okay, now everybody stop." Tom and Hannah just play, and then the, I, we would play like the riffs together. And, you know, the thing I wrote and the thing that she wrote, and then um, be like, okay, um, I don't think that works. And I'd be like, well, I think it does work. And then we'd go, okay, um, well, I guess we're just going to keep it for now. Conflict <laughs> so, resolution with yeah, Shady Buck. Yeah, Tom's yeah. making the rules. <laughs> so, and that's, I mean, and we, we glossed over this a little bit. So, Cause you're you pick up guitar eventually. I'm. It's living in that house, right? Is it mm-hmm. just that someone's got a guitar? I want to. Well, it was uh-huh. uh, when I was at SLU. Um, I like you know I was talking about it a little bit before. I was playing keyboard with my friends, and I switched to guitar because I just thought it would be like easier to to gel with the 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 tones. 
and um, it was, and uh, that's how we started that band Persh. And then you know Hannah asked me to play in Shady Bug because I was in uh, a Persh, uh-huh. kind of like this style. But your playing on this is pretty different from your playing on Persh, I would say, because Persh is, is so you know heavily distorted and here you hit the distortion but a lot of the most fun moments of your playing is kind of the you know the little notes of dissonance that you're Mm -hmm. hitting within her chords Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah where does uh, i just find it interesting that it comes from someone who you know is trying to underplay their own uh abilities is it is it just that you're hearing something there and you know what you can do best for it would you say i know that that's kind of a an odd way of asking that question because i really like the style that you're playing in and i really like like the way both of your guitars are working together but you know i think that one of the most fun things about listening to these records is the headphones and listening Mm -hmm. to them on both sides Mm -hmm. and hearing you know what you're highlighting within her chord changes mm-hmm. yeah i think uh, uh Persh was something that allowed me to like kind of find my own voice with like what i wanted to play uh-huh. and uh you know that's just like that uh, that's the thing that i cared about the the most um in shady bug was uh you know just like making sure that my part like i didn't it wasn't like i was a band in a box plug and play type crap where i'm just like oh yeah you know this is the thing that i i used to be because of how i was taught to play music um it like really put me in a box i feel like and i feel like when i switched to guitar Mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't know any of the notes of the rules and so i had to go off the sound and then i was just like really resistant to any type of like somebody like oh well this is a g you know you can't do that because that's like this is the chord and that's the thing and i would be like well fuck that and so that would be like where the tension would come from in practice like initially like what you're doing is technically not right yeah um well who's doing that is that i was like that aaron yeah that was aaron 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 was was the one I, i mean i was sometimes like i would be like i don't like how that sounds like I don't think that's right. It's not right. And they'd be like, Hannah, chill. It doesn't have to be like harmonically like uh-huh. in the chord. Right. Well, sometimes it sounds a lot different. Like, you know, if we, if you take something out and just like do like tones and just like play one note of like a phrase, then yeah, it's going to sound <coughs> fucking weird. But like mm-hmm. if you put it in the flow of everything with all the music around, you know, it's, it's all about the context of it. So. Right, because I think that there's there's a lot of different factors here. I think that you, like you both work really well, kind of rhythmically hitting things that are not opposite, but they're not the same. It's just all a really, really like nice fluidity to it. I don't ask too many questions about like like pedals and and gear and stuff like that, but I love your tone so i'm going to like how how did you find how did you find that was it was it kind of just easy i think i don't think it has very much to do with like my pedals uh-huh. um because i've i don't know i i didn't like put a lot of work into finding the right pedals or anything like yeah, that. yeah yeah um what, what kind of amp do you have uh, i have a ac30 oh okay um, yeah so that that's nice uh-huh. um and uh i think it has 
something to do with i don't you know i don't really know i'm not like somebody who knows a lot about this stuff but yeah i don't really either that's yeah. why i never really ask the the question <laughs> i just right chloe um well, yeah people like to put their um volume like all the way up mm-hmm. on their pickups yeah um and uh i think that sounds like daddy so i like put my volume pretty low and then i turn the volume up on the amp more so yeah I don't know that makes sense yeah because especially like the warmth that you have on like your lower and it's just it's so syncopated to everything that you're doing i feel like yeah yeah i love how tom's like uh tone kind of sounds like how they talk yeah like it's kind of like like yeah. and then my how i like it sounds like how i talk it's more like <laughs> i noticed that we one day i figured like, out the secret it sounds like us but guitars uh-huh. <laughs> That's hilarious. I really want to hear. I want to. Hear, now I'm just going through the list of like, oh, I'd like to hear Gilbert Godfrey's guitar right. tone. Can I, <laughs> then Aaron's drumming is like. Dit, dit, dit. Yeah. I feel like with with uh, TBH IDK, you have you know you have songs that you kind of come in with and they're pretty well formed and there's mm-hmm. certain things that are you know put together as a band. But what you do really well with the fact that a lot of these songs are fully formed is that you hit tempo changes and dynamic shifts really well as a way to kind of, you were talking about like not being too comfortable with things getting boring or something like that. Oh yeah. That seems like a really good like way to go about it where it's like, all right, well the structure is here. How can we just make it so it's not all flat? That's exactly how we like do each song. Like I come in with a simple song that I wrote and then we all collaborate on how to make it interesting and arrange it and put the dynamics in there. Aaron does a really good job of that. Um, uh, That's a lot of him, honestly. Yeah, coming up with, like, really interesting arrangements and, Mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, making something, switching something slightly just so that the second time it comes back around, you're like, oh, you know, like, that's that's the the good stuff. Each time. Yeah. With, um, you mentioned the that note doesn't go here sort of like thing that you kind of have to like get yourself to be, you know, out of going, going into that spot and just like letting it happen. Was, were there other aspects of, of the collaboration that were difficult for you getting used to a very, very hard nod for our listening audience? (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of things that I had to get used to, like the pick. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and like playing down strums yeah. really fast. Yeah. It's uh, tough. And just like uh-huh. pick, picking notes, I had to learn how to do. And then uh, playing loud, mm-hmm. like the super distortion. At first, I wasn't very comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And Aaron was like, try this pedal, try this pedal. Yeah. Aaron also plays guitar and bass, he yeah. plays everything. And so he was like trying to push me to like try the, try the loud stuff. Mm hmm. Um, what about like the 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 amount of arranging that goes into songs that you are coming in with mm-hmm. a pretty good idea of well this is how it goes and now all of a sudden you've got people that are kind of picking at it a little bit and saying like well let's do this to change things a bit are you are you cool with that or are you well, usually I'm very cool with it I'm like hell yeah now my song sounds a hundred times better but sometimes like I'll bring in a song and everyone will be like this is kind of boring. 
and then I, my feelings are hurt. <laughs> yeah. But then we fix that. it, and it's yeah. fine. Yeah, and then the feelings are, are put back together. I guess you can't you can't really be too at odds with the way things are going if you are uh, recording your record three months after you have your first <laughs> practice. <laughs> Yeah, we were. Just, I mean, honestly, that was. We were just having fun and yeah. like, we were. So, we were having such a good time writing the songs that we would just get together all the time. Uh huh. Um. We were stoked. We would just drink a whole bunch of coffee and practice for like six hours and just like you not know we, six, but yeah. A long yeah. Well, that's kind Three. of. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Felt like a long. I mean, it, it's than... it's unrealistic though, like to do anything other than fantasize about a situation like that so the fact that it it happened it's pretty magical yeah um i guess when you get into some of the decisions that you've made since then with touring and doing a new record and having a label involved has it been that has it been as easy in the decision making process for things like that is it just still kind of a like continuation of just going with it as it comes i think we all it's crazy because we all well we all wanted to tour and we all wanted to keep writing we actually just got an, our new bass player chris in august and mm-hmm. our other bass player todd um he, when he quit i was like oh no the band's over we had this perfect for the for the us four are like the perfect four for each other like it's never gonna work again mm-hmm. but then when we asked chris to play with us he came into our practice and he had already learned all the songs <laughs> just from listening and yeah. i was like what and then he was like yeah i'm down to tour i love touring and i was like wow this is p- even more perfect right. because todd wasn't really down to tour and like and then and then the moment yeah. of truth comes and you say Chris, we're going on this tour. It's going to be one week. Can you take off of work? And then Chris says, yes. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, all right. Yeah, you it's weren't great. just lying. <laughs> <laughs> so go, going back into like the, the music a little bit, Hannah, I like the way that you write a lot because I like how kind of hyper modern it is. And, you know, the, the line, uh, my face when you text me at 2 a.m. It's it feels like it's really functional with the the types of songs that you're writing and having this sort of like off kilter like little these little ditties happening like it makes a lot of sense and it's pretty functional to put language like that in there. Do you think of it that way? Am I over analyzing it? I'm definitely think of it, thinking of it that way because uh, I really love it when artists put like text language or stuff like that in their songs and like stuff that you can relate to because maybe it comes from me being coming from like the folk world where everyone like is singing about trains and like right what the fuck we don't ride on trains anymore (laughs) yeah and like just hearing that is so refreshing it is Uh, nice it's 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 an interesting (laughs) dynamic right because it's like could you write a story that takes place in 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 today and not have people looking at their phones at some point like that wouldn't be it's not that wouldn't real. be real life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you hear someone say you know you used to call me on the telephone no they didn't <laughs> not since you were five years old that's not true it's the cell phone drake right right and and but but there's like 
I think that there's a really heavy identification with just like kind of the little things that you that you hit on with adjusting the brightness because you're trying to go to sleep you know in this room and and mm-hmm. that gives so much of like an insight into the room in general and the you know you heard the new record yeah james sent it to me i think it kicks <laughs> I can ass tell. oh my god yeah i like it very much how Thank do you, you feel about it i'm really excited about it yeah i i uh I don't know. I think when we we recorded it a year ago in Chicago with Seth, with Seth, mm-hmm. past guest, yeah, friend oh, of the man. show, what a bud, the best. When oh. I saw that, that was kind of like my jumping off point. Where with with this interview, I was like, oh, recorded with Seth. Oh, all right, this is this is <laughs> all gonna make sense. Because if you're recording with Seth, that means you're on Seth's level, which is just one hundred percent pure goodness. You know what else? You know what else sold me on your band when I looked at the at the Facebook page and I see all these Mark Plant comments on. Oh, oh, yeah. oh my oh god! My god. What a sweetie! I can't even. I miss him so much. Take care of him. You take you you nourish that boy. I miss him. <laughs> I would love to. Um, you know it's Aww. it it's I guess it's a, an interesting position that you're in now because you do tbhidk just because because you you're you're stoked on it and you feel good about it you can do it in the basement and it sounds good and now you now you're about to put out a record that you recorded a year ago and it's for a label that i'm sure you're very excited about yes uh-huh <laughs> You have pale hound shirts and buttons, like <laughs> like literally. We were all huge exploding in sound fans. Like Aaron is like a pile freak. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, we sense. were freaking out and like crying. Not really, maybe. <laughs> we were freaking out. Did you did you get in touch with them after the thing was done, or was it? Well, they pre- post trash premiered our music video uh-huh. with the dogs. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah, it was yeah. cute. So I been in touch with dan about that Mm -hmm. and then we were he said something in an email like i know you're recording right now if you could send me the demos uh maybe we'd want to put it out Mm -hmm. like when we were recording Mm -hmm. in the studio Mm -hmm. and i was like (sighs) so then we sent him the demos is there any thought of like oh should we maybe Maybe the seventh song could be something better. Yeah, there was. And when I sent him the demos, I was like, I don't really like that one song, but we'll, uh-huh. we'll probably take it out. And then Dan was like, no, you're not. That's one of the best ones. <laughs> <laughs> this is exciting stuff. I guess yeah. it's 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 nice, too, to see it coming from a place like St. Louis where you it's so easy in a place like this to see good bands with potential kind of get lost in the shuffle and going through articles about y'all it's like there aren't that many people playing like what you're doing here and now you have this ability to be the the st louis band for you know when milk belly comes and all of these all these so it's it's got to be nice to feel like your hometown is happy and excited for you and to be this right like this little little hub for for people who are coming to town yeah 
yeah it makes st louis look good i think and also glued mm-hmm. is is getting big too like and we're friends with them so it's really cool um you know has the has the writing kind of changed for you is it is it you talked about still kind of bringing the the structures in and working from there are you bringing in things that are a little bit more open to like you know you know what they're gonna play behind you does it feel like it's like all right i can i can go in and have like less of an idea of what i want to hear and be more open to some changes and being malleable yeah uh like lemon lime those songs i feel like some of them i just brought in like a little tiny piece of the song Mm -hmm. and then the other records some of those songs were just already written right you know yeah so we wrote it was very very it was even more collaborative for lemon lime Mm -hmm. it's fun to listen to knowing that the like getting acquainted with each other period is kind of over yeah for sure and then that and the guitars kick in on Make It Up, and it's like, oh, fuck, yeah, this is a goddamn fully formed band. <laughs> I There's just so much excitement behind that, and I feel like you've just kind of continued to like just let it happen and let progress and growth happen as it's come. Yeah. Is it easy? Is it easy to, like... I feel like the moment I stop and I think about something, that's when things, that's mm-hmm. when I get my own way. Mm-hmm. That seems like it's hard sometimes to just like, you know, trust that things have gone the way that they have just naturally mm-hmm. and allowing that to continue to happen. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it easy to maintain? Um, I think the way that, uh, part of the reason that it's easier to maintain for me is because of the way that Hannah approaches um uh, collaboration and because she is so open to everything mm-hmm. um it's like really nice it's it, so when when Hannah has something to say it's like I really listen to it and uh um it's really important to me um so I don't know and so if like Hannah's on board with something um I don't know it just like makes me feel like stronger about doing stuff so yeah uh, it's really nice I, I think like one of the things that I really gleaned a lot from in in listening to the record a few times and kind of putting together what my perception of how the story went for y'all is, you know, there's this, this ease with everything, but there's so much tension on the record. Y'all work in, in those tense moments, like so well, musically and lyrically. I love on Make It Up the fact that you come in with that huge riff, that like party riff and it lasts for 15 seconds and then you don't go back to it in between verses. You don't like, hit it until the last 15 seconds and i'm just like i know it's coming i know it's coming <laughs> it's gonna be great it's gonna be great i don't need to hear it four times yeah. lyrically though like there's some thickness going on here like yeah, yeah. Can we, is that all right if we talk about oh, that yeah, a little bit i mean i i hear a song like blow and i'm just like fuck that feeling of like I don't know, just reading it from, from your perspective of, of of being in a position of, I don't want to bring this up. I don't want to bring this up. I brought it up. I'm it's fucked. my fault. <laughs> it's my own fault for bringing it up. Like, fuck. Yeah, and that's 
loosely based off of something that actually happened to me. The whole the whole song isn't like all the way true. Like it's talking about like going on this like night where you're you don't know where you're driving around. I don't know where I am. I'm going to, to like a show or something. Mm-hmm. That didn't exactly happen, but right kind of. And but then that feeling. But sitting on the couch and then like feeling really horrible. Yeah. Like a lot of people can relate to that and I've had people come up to me after shows and be like wow that really vibed with me that like I can relate to that and yeah. that, that's really cool and I want to share those moments of like feeling unsure and feeling anxious and um, I don't know heartbreak yeah I th- I think that it's like you know it's it's not the type of perspective that you know you're you're used to that that dynamic exists in in so many different ways where you you know how somebody is going to react to a thing and you know that they are you know they're not going to react well and you're like forced into just like being quiet about it not not just bringing up the way that you feel about shit especially if you have problems talking about how you feel (laughs) for sure these songs are like really empowering though and the fact that you you bring it out in that way um it's i i don't know if you were if if this is something that you did intentionally but it's it's an interesting ride to go on from make it up and the the line about lemon lime and in the basement and and just having this like kind of cute like moment of like excitement with somebody else and the 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 depth of the feelings that you're describing and you know on below which kind of like permeate like throughout the end of the record it's it gets like it's darker yeah yeah well i think i uh was writing a lot about how i was feeling and like being like being after col after college and like being in your mid twenties, like I don't really know what I'm doing, and uh, all my friends are like don't know what they're doing and they're all poor and like mm. I wrote about that a lot, and also like relationship problems and just like like in make it up the chorus I'm saying like you have you have to like make up make it up that this is okay or like make up make it up that uh everything is cool but but then you go outside and flowers bloomed in february and the next day they died yeah (sighs) yeah we're fucked yeah it's like (laughs) just just like yeah all these real feelings that i'm feeling i want to write them down and i i write all my lyrics and my notes on my phone now i used to write them down but not Uh anymore yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a real interesting like existential turn that we all get to go on in in the next like 15 years when you know it's finally just completely irreversible what's happening to the planet and then we get to you know just be like is it okay that like i also am feeling directionless in in my life and like modern Mm -hmm modernity <laughs> all this shit like it still sucks that i have to buy fucking groceries i'm still late for everything mm. <laughs> Ugh. well on that note 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> oh. But um it's I, I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of like goodness that I really latched onto and just like listening to the two of you like play off of each other and knowing that you both came from different places and like found each other and found such a kinship musically. The fact that like you're playing electric guitar now in a rock band and you're singing about emotions that are connecting with people that it's good that you're out there doing it because that's not it's happening more frequently and that's a good thing um but you got this freaking record coming out on your freaking dream label is it um are you feeling you feeling like it's gonna be it's gonna be all right whatever happens with it is it is it tough to who knows right (laughs) I don't really know what's going to happen. I don't have, like, I'm trying to go into this without any expectations because if I think, like, oh, I'm going to get on NPR or something, mm-hmm. and I, and then I don't, then it's just going to be so sad. So I'm just going to be like, whatever, whatever happens. I'm going south by southwest. Hell yeah. Go, we're going on a big East Coast tour. That's all I care about right now. I'm just thinking about the tour. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> Thank you both for yeah. coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a great thank time. you so much. So good to talk to you. Hell yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Hey, great stuff. Hannah and Tom coming from such different places musically. But connecting, I love that bit about the guitars sounding like the way they talk. That interview was a lot of fun. Lemon and Lime is a stellar LP. Go out of your way to hear it. This is a band to watch. Happy and grateful to have Hannah and Tom over. Check out Shadybug online. Shadybug.bandcamp.com Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Rate it. Write a review. Tell a friend about the show. We're on Bandcamp, betteryetpodcast.bandcamp.com. The website is betteryetpod.com. Patreon, couple bucks a month. We'll make it worth your while. Patreon.com slash betteryetpodcast. And thank you so much. Thank you, Chloe and Lily. Thanks to Tom and to Hannah for coming by. Been hanging in Belize. God bless the Numero Group. Come back next week. Thanks, Bubba's.
Take my hand. 